Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. To address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Let's get to our guest. Jim McCafferty is joint head of APEC Equity Research at Nomura, joining us from Hong Kong. Obviously, want to get your outlook for Asian stocks, but on the broad macro picture, as we're awaiting from Jackson, for Jackson Hole and, and what we're going to hear from uh, Jay Powell, the key point here is to whether or not we have seen uh, peak inflation and, and just how hawkish Jay Powell is going to be. What are you expecting? Okay, well, I think it's not so much the U.S. inflation picture that's a point of discussion. It's what's going on in the rest of the world. Be mindful that this meeting will be populated from uh, central bankers from other geographies. And we saw this week that inflation in the UK, inflation in Europe, is approaching or has got through double digits. So this, I think, is going to be quite impactful for how decisions are made and what sort of time frame we're going to get for interest rate hikes. And in terms of that time frame, I mean, all that weighs through into the dollar and the impact, too, on Asian equities. Do we continue to see that dollar strength? And uh, how does that kind of change your view here? Well, I think that the major currency we watch quite carefully at Nomura is uh, the Japanese yen. And so far this year, the yen has been weak vis-a-vis the dollar. And much of that can be explained by the fact that the Bank of Japan's governor, uh, Kuroda-san, has made it clear that he wants inflation to get through that 2% target threshold. And that's beginning to be achieved. Despite that achievement, uh, there is no indication from the BOJ that there is an intention to increase rates. Now, one thing that may be an outlier, which may happen at the beginning of next year, is that Kuroda-san will resign as the uh, central bank governor in Japan. He will then have a successor appointed. And I think the market will be thinking, does that successor abandon this uh, zero interest rate policy and start thinking about normalizing in line with what's happening in Western economies. And that could result in some some yen strength, we think. Uh, The other key point is China's economy, and we've been seeing more measures here to try and stabilize that. It didn't kind of be, it wasn't really reflected, I should say, in market action, particularly when you look at property players this week. What further kind of moves are needed from authorities? And do you think we've seen peak China pessimism? I think the thing the market's looking for is some opening up in terms of the COVID restrictions. In this part of the world, and I'm in Hong Kong right now, it's it's incredibly difficult to to travel around the region relative to traveling in Europe. Um, And going back to Japan before we touch on China, in Japan, uh, Japan's restricting arrivals just at 20,000 per day. That's down 80% of what Japan was at its peak pre-COVID. And picking up on some of the calls that you have, particularly on turning constructive on growth stocks in Asia, uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on on some of the electric vehicle players. I mean, Xpeng yesterday falling very sharply in Hong Kong and and a lot of analysts saying that that very conservative third quarter guidance disappoints. It continues to just show the impact of the supply chain challenges and, uh, of course, the Shanghai lockdowns. But your greater view, I guess, on, on these EV players. 
I think it really depends on your outlook in terms of time frame. Um, one thing that we've identified is that Asia as a geography is very different from the rest of the world. A big disconnect on inflation, big disconnect on interest rates, and also a big disconnect on currency. But in terms of industries, what we spotted is um, companies such as Hyundai, companies such as Kia in, in Korea, they are now taking more and more share in that EV space. And you know, while Tesla is identified as the the company which is dominating the EV space, we have an answer to that in Asia as well. And of course, China has these manufacturers which have got similar status domestically, which are not as well socialised as let's say Tesla is. What about the overall property sector, though? We did touch on some of the challenges earlier with with China's economy. I mean, you look at the developer Logan Group yesterday in Hong Kong, really just underpinning the property crisis that's dragging on the economy. When do we, I guess, see peak pessimism in the property sector? Well, I think the one big difference we have uh, between China and the rest of the world, especially the Western world, is that going back to the US, we've got the Jackson Hole event this weekend, and rates will be going up, not down. In China, rates will be going down and not up. So in other words, Asia is quite a big diversification play. And typically in the property sector, when we have periods of lower interest rates, that's good for the property sector. So we think in changes in interest rate expectations will add some um, substance and some support for that sector. Certainly the divergence in interest rates, but also, as we mentioned before, the strength of the dollar and that seeing the yuan hold near a two-year low. Uh, yesterday, a pretty strong fix from the PBOC. Is that kind of giving some indication they don't want further weakness? And how much does a weaker yuan just complicate things for authorities? Well, I guess from the China perspective, there are a couple of things to be concerned about. One is keeping a stable currency shows that China is determined to remain on the international stage. Um, a lot of the realism theories in international relations would point to uh, giving up on uh, relations with the, the West and other countries by, let's say, letting the currency weaken. I think it's China's um, concern about soft power and its place in the world stage. Then, then a, a strong currency, I think, is quite important. So we suspect that, uh, I mean, China has the policy measures to deal with all of these things. And unlike Western economies, where central banks are given a great degree of independence, in the case of China, all of the power is concentrated in the decision-making of, of, of one team, and that makes it easier to get things done. And just getting back to the inflation picture, because you rightly pointed out that inflation across this part of the world is, is very key too, and a lot of that is being uh, fueled in, I guess, what we're seeing in, in food prices. Coffee futures are extending their surge. Vietnam really fueling world supply worries for coffee. You've got the likes of chicken rice here in Singapore surging too. How does that play into these global recession fears if people can't afford food? So, I mean, I think that is a really good point. Uh, one of our economists sitting in Singapore, Sonal Varma, has done a study of inflation in the West vis-a-vis what is happening here in Asia. And what we've identified is inflation for countries such as Korea, countries such as Japan, countries such as Hong Kong, is, is running at less than half of the rate that we're seeing in the West. So we think that uh, the countries in Asia have got much more resilience to inflation. And the second thing is that the companies, the listed companies, don't have the same levels of debt that we have in the West. So the kind of addiction to cheap money that we have in the West is the antithesis of what we have here in Asia because it's generally a more conservative society. So consumer debt is lower and business debt is lower. So I think we're much more resilient. All right, resilient we like to hear. Jim, thank you. Jim McCafferty, Joint Head of APAC Equity Research at Nomura, joining us from Hong Kong. 
To address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.